Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. There was a time I was so afraid So scared to do what I wanted In looking back I can see all the mistakes that I made And I wish that I Talk to me and tell me I can change. Don't be afraid. Just walk with your head up high. Don't be afraid. Just take it one step at a time. Don't give up on your dreams no matter how small. Hi, welcome to Blog Talk Radio, Safe Recovery. This is Monica Richardson, and I am your host. Today is January 7th, 2014. It is a new year, and my first show, live show of the new year. And I am talking on a new phone, so maybe it sounds even better. I don't know if it sounds better, but you can tell me out there, Powerful 68 is the only lone cricket out there in the chat room tonight, today. Um, let's see, I am still working, so in and out, but listening. Okay, hey there, so glad you're here. And we have one listener in the queue. You know who you are, hey there. And you can tell me if this new phone sounds any better than the old phone. Uh, today's show, I decided to do something a little different. And so today's episode, I was thinking about things that really uh, changed my life and make my life better and make it good. And they are meditation, massage, and feng shui is something that improved my life in a great way. Uh, So here's what I wrote in here. Meditation, TM, and energy work, massage, and body work to relax and rejuvenate, chanting, swimming to clear my head, and how feng shui changed my life. All these things and more I learned and applied the years I was in AA and continue to grow since leaving AA. And... The reason that, you know, even people who I know leave and who are having, um, you know, just we're living lives, what are some of the things that worked? Well, first of all, I meditated before I went to AA, but when I got to AA when I was 18, everybody was I knew was meditating, and I thought it was a requirement, but... There was a lot of spiritual arrogance, I think, around it, and there were people that were certainly very genuine about what they were doing, and those people were fine. But then there was a lot of, like, 
it, it felt like it was a lot of ego involved with the meditation, like how long did you meditate? And and people weren't just meditating. They wanted to like get out of the body experiences, which I know now is not meditation really, and that sort of thing. So the thing that uh, I learned on the first kind of meditations that I, I did were grounding meditations and those meditations you dealt with your chakras and your energy centers and that work probably kept me sane while I was um, <laughs> powerful just said I will pretend to be many people if it helps <laughs> that's fine thank you so much <laughs> uh, yeah so uh, what was I saying oh yeah grounding so the grounding meditation I learned from a friend of mine, Marianne Murphy, who used to be a sponsee of mine, and then she just we became friends after many years. We're still friends, good friends, and she became a minister. And although I had learned something like this from a book, it was uh, you know with her that I really learned a very a practice of with energy centers and really focusing on what they were. I don't know. I mean, I could probably, we could probably do a whole show and have her on and talk about that because it really was a very cool form of meditation meaning that you know there's you know the top of your head and then um the one at your forehead which is intuition and your throat is the things you say and how you speak and your heart of course is your emotions and your stomach um your heart is your heart right you know that the love center and then your stomach your gut is your emotions and then your groin or down there by your use your sexual energy but where all creativity lives and then below that is you know the bottom where you just can release all negative energy or you imagine that you just let stuff go but it's a really quick grounding exercise it takes a couple minutes to do and it really did um ground me and uh so that I did that for really a long time uh I would say probably a decade and then I learned Transcendental Meditation in, I believe, like 2008, which now they call Quantum Meditation. And if you want to hear, there's a really good episode on here with George Quant, who's been teaching it for over 25 years, uh, studied at UCLA when they did all the study of how meditation helped people in so many ways in the brain. And, you know, they have really spent millions on researching meditation to prove that even a couple of minutes of any type of meditation, and that would be just concentrating on your breath, um, breathing in and breathing out. There's no religious connection to quantum. That's why they changed it from transcendental meditation where you do get a word uh, that is, what is it a Hindu word, Kevin? I forget what it is. But um, anyway, I began to use other chants that I learned from a type of Buddhist uh, faith, and between those two things, found that I could really quiet my mind and find a lot of peace and listen to my own inner voice of things that I needed to do and, and help and get inner guidance for myself. And, you know, this is more like, you know, when a cop says, you know, you have good, you know, when someone says, well, you have a really good business sense, it's the same thing. Or if you're a really good detective, you know, you're a really good read of people, these simple speak for just in, in the words where New Age people would say, oh, you know, you're really psychic, you're really intuitive. And those same things are the same things that a good police officer or detective will use and a good business person when they can read people and, you know, and so forth. 
But the meditation um, is like uh, the way that George Quant describes it, that is, you, you are in a different place from sleeping and awake, and that it is, in fact, more restful restful place to be than sleeping. So that if you're really exhausted, and, you know, I should, you know, I could probably do it more. I'm not going to say should, because I'm really trying to get that out of my vocabulary. I noticed uh, how much I said it. But um, anyway, the meditation over the years has really, really grown for me and seeing how non-religious it is for me, the meditation itself, uh, although when I'm done, you know, I do a sort of, I do a chanting that's a Shinyuan thing. And just how, uh, I guess I keep saying it, how much grounded, more grounded I feel and how much in touch I feel with my my life and the things that I'm working on. And as most of you know, I'm working on something that is really, uh, I think it's big. I think making this film that I'm making uh, is taking tremendous energy. You can ask my husband, you know, how many times he'd like me to shut up about uh, <laughs> Alcoholics Anonymous and <laughs> that everybody on the planet is a stepper. No, they're not a stepper. Everybody's not a stepper, but not not nearly. Okay, let's talk about there's 350 million Americans and AA says that there's 1.2 million. I don't I don't believe those numbers anymore. I cuz I know so many people that have left especially over the last uh, 6 years. How, how how much smaller? I think it'd be a great thing for us to all call around and say, you know, your call your central office and say how many meetings a week are there now? And how many were there 10 years ago? And how many were there 20 years ago? But but there's certainly a huge decline in meetings in Los Angeles. And meetings like the Rodeo meeting is small now. I mean, there was 250, 300 people. And I went just to um, with my film crew to see what was going on. There, and, there, and there were 50 people. And 20 of them were brought in in a rehab or a sober living bus. So anyway, um, the meditation aspect is... Uh, I would encourage if someone isn't doing it and you you know still need to something to put into whether you're doing moderation or you're abstinent that it is something of a practice. I did it this morning, then I went swimming uh and so also exercise how important exercise has been for me, and when I don't do it how i how I feel how I don't feel like literally I felt kind of crappy this morning. Because I'm starting, I was started on Monday to eat, you know, super healthy, super clean, and uh, I woke up with like it was almost a, a headache, but not quite. And uh, I, you know, I went swimming, and when I got out, I just felt fantastic. I swim laps and whatever it takes, uh, you know, that that in that water, I get ideas for the film, I get ideas for the project that I'm working on, which is exposing Alcoholics Anonymous to the world and what's really going on in it. And that there are six other free options, and there are more than that, really. You know, there's the Sinclair Method, which is reading a book and taking naltrexone. And there is just going to see a non-12-step therapist and doing... Um, my dog is barking. Uh, whoa! Shh. I don't know why he's barking, but I'm, I might have to go outside and close the door. Uh, and the thing is, is that... Uh, I was distracted by my doggy. Powerful. What was I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're talking about oh the, the free choices. That, that that's the point of what's going on here. And the other thing that was 
really, really powerful was um, feng shui. And feng shui is spelled F-E-N-G-S-H-U-I. And there is a great book. One of the things that I am going to do for my leaving AA site is I'm going to finally I'm going to put up a resource um, book page and all these books that I have read over the years that are the reason that I was the way I was even in AA people would like always give credit to AA and I was like no 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 I am not I would not even be here if I didn't do all that therapy with Wendy McCord I could put her link up there my therapist. Uh, and these books like The Feng Shui of Abundance by Susan Hilton. That's S-U-Z-A-N Hilton. Uh, the book was, I think, like $12 paperback under self-improvement. Another great book called Creating Money, Keys to Abundance by uh, Sanaya Roman and Dwayne Packer. Creating Money, Keys to Abundance. Great, great book. Also, I think it was twelve ninety-five uh, paperback. Really, really interesting ideas about money and how how we repel it, the things we do, what we think about, and what attracts money, what brings money in. Um, but the first step before even getting to that book is really, and that's what I want to talk about. If anybody wants to call in, they can. Uh, in that, the number is eight one eight four seven five ninety two eleven. It's eight one eight four seven five ninety two eleven. Today we are talking about meditation and massage and feng shui and exercise and all that good stuff. Okay, so here we go. Oh, so powerful. Uh, let's see, those numbers are crap. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah I know, totally. Uh, she found a really great seven-minute chakra balance cleanse on YouTube. Well, I'll have to check it out. Uh, I don't know if I click on it now what it would do, but I don't want to go anywhere right now. I want to just stay right here on the page with you. All right, so back to the uh, feng shui of abundance. So the first thing that somebody does, and it was really my husband who turned me on to it, was uh, you keep that toilet seat down. Uh, the lid, not just where you sit. And uh, it was so funny to have a guy you know, tell you, you know, well, you know, actually you should keep the lid down. The top, top lid uh, keeps the money in the house. Um, basic principles are you need to clear out so you clear a space, and then you declutter a space. And then it depends on how bad a space is, if you need to do this whole thing with the salt, and uh, if some place is really toxic. I don't. I think I might have done that in my old kitchen, because that kitchen and right under my sink was actually my career space. And I was in the midst of, of working and also being a mother, and I had a band, a part-time band, that I played music out a couple times a month. And the first thing that I did was I went under my kitchen sink, and I took everything out, and I cleaned it out, I took everything out and threw it away. Anything that's broken, anything that's cracked, anything that has bad memories, you throw it away, or you give it away. Of course, under the sink, I don't think you'd be giving anything away, but... um, you would definitely take everything out, clear it, and then black. Uh, I put something like a black mat underneath. That's a good color for career. And you can use, I think it's black or white. And uh, I cleared it out, and I was reading this book. And just, I did one, you know, very specific space. And the other thing that happened, which is about intention. I think that 
you know, when I talk about deprogramming, and just this is like a little a side note about deprogramming from Alcoholics Anonymous, is that as far back as when I was four years sober and 22 years old, that uh, there were things about AA that I saw were just complete bullshit for me. Because if, in fact, if you have um, done everything that they said you should do, which I did um, to the T, and yet you're still, you know, it's not going to fix you. And I was a person who actually wanted to quit and quit before I came to AA. So what happens to the poor guy or gal who comes and they can't, like they're not able, like this doesn't work for them. Either they're not religious, they're not spiritual, they're atheists, or they, they're so uh, hooked or dependent that just turning your will, all the crap, all the bullshit with the steps and the fucking bullshit that's in the beginning of Chapter 5 makes no sense. And these are the people who actually get worse and worse. You know, like on, uh, what's the one with the, um, who's those guys, Kevin, that you, you guys watch where they had uh, Cartman and South Park, where they did the episode where it actually creates binge drinking where people go and they're like, oh, my God, and people say you're not doing it right, and, you know, didn't you do the steps? You should be more of service. You need to go to more meetings. I mean, that is so ridiculous. First of all, Bill and those other guys, like, there were no meetings. They didn't exist in the beginning, so they just spoke to a guy when they could. Um, whenever they created the first meeting, they went once a week. They held it once a week in someone's home. Uh, people really knew each other. They really connected. They talked about what was going on. They did not sit and repeat their stories, they only did that when they went out to a newcomer guy or a gal, and then they told them how bad their problem was and how, you know, excuse me, that this AA thing fixed them, right? So, you know, things really changed over the years. And that was such a big tangent, I got to tell you. I just, I don't know what happened there, but I got to tell you, I'm eating super healthy, super clean. So my, I mean, last night when I ate dinner, I felt like I was on such a natural high from my healthy meal. <laughs> it was kind of funny. Um, my fish and vegetables and my uh, farro and um, there you go, there you have it. So let's get back to the feng shui thing. Uh, cleaning out the space. Oh yeah, about deprogramming. That's where I was. I was talking about deprogramming and talking about all the way back into that early sobriety and I'll use that word because that's the word that's in AA where I began to see that there were things about we're saying in AA that just weren't true. And I was like, hmm, you know, I don't think so. I don't think going through the 12 and 12 with a fine-tooth comb is going to make me any better. And the other big lie, the real falsehood, is that you have to give it away to keep it. So one day in my women's group, and maybe it was another group, I looked around the room and said to myself, you know what? How many people here are of service? How many people have gone on a 12-step call in the past year? And I looked around the women's group and I would say, none, nobody, not one. And everybody was still sober. Or the women who had long-term abstinence. Now, nobody has to, you know, breathe in a breathalator and be checked in AA. So anybody could be like, you know, drinking here or there or, you know, having, you know, some wine during the holidays. And nobody would ever fucking know anything, right? Because it's just all whatever you say. So, you know, what did you, let me see. We have a, Powerful is writing here. Let me see what Powerful said. 
I wanted to quit too and would get some time and relapse and was gratefully, gradually more and more miserable and trying harder and harder and spending less and less time with my kids. Wow. Wow. Right. And so these are the people, when you look around the room, and those people that are so harmed by those sayings, if people really cared in AA, they would all say, look, if this doesn't work for you, you know, there's other options out there. Smart recovery is great. Moderation management is great. SOS is great. And so is harm reduction. And wherever the other cities where Life Ring and Women for Sobriety live, you know, people could talk about that. And then the talk of go read the book, you know, the Sinclair Method and get some naltrexone and, you know, go to your general practitioner and hire a good non-12-step therapist that does motivational interviewing and cognitive behavioral therapy and go get a fucking life, you know, go live your life. And, uh, you know, and maybe people w- could form sober support groups for people who want to be absent. And maybe people who want to be do moderation could form moderation clubs where so that you're hanging around with people who want to moderate rather than where, where do I fit in the middle of this world? You're a young person and you're not, you don't want to join AA. You don't want to be abstinent. And you don't want to be with young people who are binging because maybe you don't want to binge. So therefore, there would be a place in the world for moderation groups or clubs and as well as sober clubs for people who want to be absent but don't want to talk about religion. They don't want to talk about AA. They don't want to have people, you know, how long have you been sober, whatever you do. So back to the, the whole point that I actually started to deprogram right at four years. And there was a part of me that felt really, really like well. I just felt well. I felt normal then. But then there was like you could see these people trying to make more of it. And what happened at that point in 1979 was that there was – the inflow of money that insurance companies were going to pay for treatment and rehab, and so Hinamalka and tre- treatment took off. And people that I knew and they loved, uh, who were really cool people, became uh, very involved in that world, and it became, you know, they became a little bit power hungry, and they knew everything, and so off they went into that world. And uh, for me, I was like, uh, I don't think so. I think you were doing like a really good job the way you were doing it before. Now you're going to try to make a, like a, a treatment program out of the 12 steps, and that's what they were trying to do. So there was a part of me that deprogrammed and said, mm, you know what, I don't think so. And I was young, and I started to just live my life more and go out more and go to meetings less. And then the next big, you know, there were many big ones. One, when I got into therapy, I began to see the whole part of talking about rage and emotions was out. They were out of their fucking minds. In AA, that is like the biggest bullshit about you can't get angry. You know, we, we're not allowed, you know, to get angry. The brainstorm is for the normal men. We will drink and die. You know, we'll be cut off from the sunlight of the spirit, you know. And uh, it's really, I mean, the, think of the shit that he wrote in that book that people repeat, including myself. I mean, I repeated that crap for like way too long but the thing that you know there was a couple of things and this is what i'm getting to is that about i would say like whenever i realized like 10 years ago that there was a lot of stuff that just wasn't true and that my life there was a parts of my life that even though i had been absent for a really long time they just got worse and worse and i felt like my god which i believed in just getting like smaller and smaller and smaller and that everything I believed like just wasn't quite working so well. So, uh, you know, I, life went by and the decades went by 
And, you know, getting to the feng shui stuff, um, if you look at feng shui and you, oh, about intention, this is, all right, this is where the whole part, I'm sorry, but I am, I guess, a little spacey because of I'm not eating, like, any sugar, and I'm just doing this, like, thing you can eat only healthy foods, and <laughs> so I feel just a little bit spacey. Uh I am having my cup of tea. I just had some protein. So we had some people in there, and they just they came in, they logged in, and they logged out. But Powerful is still here. And um, so the, the point being about intention. So when I opened up this book, The Feng Shui of Abundance, I cleaned out the career space, and then for some reason I went under. The, they talk about the bathroom, so you want to fix any leaks that are in the house, any kind of... Plumbing leaks have to be fixed right away because that's also how money escapes the house would be that way. Um, you look for, you know, you, so you draw a picture of your house or your apartment and you look for any missing areas that are there because of uh, structure or because of, you know, mostly because of structure. And what began to happen was I, um, then you go to your uh, your fame and fortune, but then you go to your abundance let me see, let me just, wealth and abundance space in the Bagua. So, I mean, nowadays you have Google, um, although this this is really a great book. If I were to suggest any book, there's lots of Westerner books. She definitely was is a Westerner, but she studied with a master from uh, the East, and I just wanted to find the Bagua. No, no, of course, now I can't find it. But there was a lot of things. So you, then I went to the wealth and abundance space, which would be like you have a stop sign and it would be the upper left uh, corner of the stop sign in your house. And so I cleared out that space. It was like filled with all my music stuff and the wires and cables. It was really messy. And uh, I took one of my big speakers. I had one of those giant cool speakers back then. I'm so sorry I gave it away. But anyway, and I placed a really pretty like dark red um, placemat that I bought at Target and then I put a really nice clear vase that I began to fill with pennies. I just dropped pennies in there and said like a, you know, sort of a little mantra in there. But there was a lot of intention of being um, grateful. Yes, I'm going to use that word, grateful for what I had. And then I was looking forward to more of that flowing into my life. And then I went to the Bodhi tree, which unfortunately doesn't exist anymore on one of my days. And I bought myself like a little chime and that symbolized abundance, and I realized that that part of my house was missing. You actually walked out that door, and so in in a home, when you have missing spaces, you do what they call cures. Now, I don't call myself, I'm not an expert at all, at all. I'm not an expert at all. It'd be great to have one that was on, um, I mean, have an expert on about this, because it really can uh, add a lot to people's lives, and it's kind of fun to work with feng shui. Uh, so I opened the door and I realized that oh, I would put this little chime, but with intention, outside my door and hang it. Yeah, it's called Wealth and Abundance, I was right. So, But purple, purple and blue are the colors. Fame and reputation is red. But I did put something red there. And, uh, you know, it's, so I, I put this up there with the intention of that I was curing my wealth and abundance space. And sure enough, um, it was maybe 
the next day or the day after I got called in for an audition, I did the audition, I booked the job, and I booked my first voiceover job. Not that I got a lot of voiceover jobs, but it was just one of those things about intention. And so uh, let's fast forward a few years, and I had moved out of the place where I felt like my God was really small and, you know, or God was like really tiny, and I was like, I got to really got to rethink of, you know, what my relationship is to my my spiritual practice of my life. And I realized that in AA, they just tell you to blindly do stuff, you know, just like do it, you know, uh, you know, you, you know, give it away to keep it. And you have to like, you know, you could never say no to a request and that you have to do this to stay sober. So I'm sitting in this meeting, this women's meeting that I, I used to go to. And I thought, well, that's not true at all either. And this is like really before I, I, I was, knew I was leaving. It was before like the crack really broke wide open. It was like in little, it was like steps where it really kind of happened. And this was one of them. This is where the first big crack, when I looked around the room and I was like, that's not true at all. Like nobody does any service or care except for this meeting. But nobody is talking to any drunks and going out and finding. And because when we would have a woman come and they would come and go, uh, it obviously wasn't working. And these new people were not staying sober. And they weren't staying sober and coming back either. So we don't, you don't really know what's happening to those people, if they're getting worse, if they're doing fine, if they leave and you know, go find another way. Uh, and so I said, well, that's kind of interesting. Um, so what is it here? Like, What's really going on here in AA? And so I started to practice the different types of intention, meaning you clear a space, you clean out the clutter, then you actually have to clean it, right? So it has to become clean. And then you put cures in that space. And as I did that, in each little space, I lived in a little house with my two sons as a single mom. And I would try to, then I realized that in my son's room was my marriage relationship. And there was also a missing part of the house. And I was like, oh my God, I need to fix this. So I went outside and I, you know, it was just, kind of dirty it was like unswept and um you know there were a lot of leaves and there were a couple of things and it wasn't a mess by any means but i got out there and i swept it and i thought oh my god how am i going to do a cure out here so i did cures inside in my son's room and, and you just have to have pairs of things and then with each within each room you do cures and there, so i'm just going to talk about there's so much to talk about with this but and if anybody wants to call in, it's 818-475-9211, 818-475-9211. If you want to talk about how either meditation helped you, or feng shui uh, helped you, or whatever else I said, I can't remember what massage, body work. I'm not even talking about that yet. Body work will come last and later. Uh, how important taking care of yourself because I actually, you know, would see with women in the program how there's a group that do and then there's many people who just do nothing, absolutely nothing to take care of themselves so that they don't look so stressed because what I began to notice is looking around the room is that a lot of the women looked really, really stressed out and unkempt in certain ways that there is this lack of, oh, you've got to rush to a meeting, you've got to run to the coffee shop and you grab your coffee and you would like knock, you know, these people would knock people over and, you know, basically, you know, knock them over in their car and like, get out of my way so that I can get to a meeting to sit and then what? And what's going to happen at that meeting that's going to make you feel better? And I thought, well, you know, sitting and being calm and listening to other people's problems and then getting to talk and 
you know, but there's a price to pay. You've got to listen to that crap in the beginning that's telling you that you're broken forever and, you know, that you're sick and, you know, that you're, you know, you're dishonest and you're, you all know what it is. And, we're not, you know, it's just – so I'm sitting there realizing that all these years that I've done this service work with an, in, an intention of sorts that's a lie. It's just a lie. It doesn't, it's like bullshit. I don't need to do any of that to stay sober. I stayed sober and absent because that's what I wanted to do. And it was pretty easy and pretty effortless for me. And uh, what about all those people who it wasn't easy and effortless for that, you know, I thought because I did it, you know, I did it right, I did it perfectly, that it was easy. No, it worked for me. It didn't work for me, but I was that way because that's what I, I wanted to be. I was done drinking for those years. But everybody else who comes in that doesn't work, it's, they, are, they are not wrong. And if there's anything, and I did this in a meeting before Keeper spoke once, after I left, only once, that it would be fucking fabulous if everybody who's on all of these blogs, Orange Papers and my blog and all of them, to go to one meeting and say, you know what, guys, this is not the only game in town. And if you are having problems here and you've been here for years, in and out, and it doesn't work, just know one thing. You are not wrong. They are all wrong. That you should leave here, go on the Internet, and put in alternatives to Alcoholics Anonymous and try Smart Recovery and SOS and Harm Reduction and Moderation Management, Life Ring, whatever, that this is not the only game in town. This is not the last house on the block even. It's one fucking house on the block. That's it. It's a stupid book and, you know, fellowship from the 1930s that has never been updated. They have never vetted it. It's not researched. There is no science. There's no disease. That you're all sitting around in 2014 listening and reiterating it like what? Like this is the answer? It's not. works for 1%. There's 350 million Americans in the United States. Maybe 20 million have an issue around alcohol and drugs. And AA is not growing. It's declining. So what's the deal? But if all of us went in and just said simply, this is not the only way, here's the other ways, you could see a really big, it would, it would really be powerful to what we're all trying to do, which is get the word out. I'm looking at what Powerful wrote here. Um, let's see, they wrote, they do not want you to get sober, they want you in the cult um, yeah, you know what? They just want you to be in it. They, I, I think that um, it, it's an interesting, uh, weird cult that has really entrenched itself and hijacked um, American culture, and I'm going to do everything I can to unhook it and to uh, educate uh, the world as well as the United States that the fraud that Alcoholics Anonymous is and we need people, you know, of every level. I need stars. I need, you know, famous people to say they tried it, they didn't like it, they they don't do it. Um, I mean, God, somebody who went through smart recovery or went through moderation who is willing to talk about it. Kelsey Grammer has talked about it. Um, I don't. I don't really know anybody else. He's the only person I have seen on national television say. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. I, uh, I I don't do cocaine anymore, but yes, I have a drink. I have I drink moderately, and we all know that he went through rehab and when he did. But he 
he did not drink the Kool-Aid, and I think that's pretty awesome. I think it makes him a better actor. And um, But anyway, so back to the intention, uh, the difference between doing something with intention and doing something because someone told you to do it, and this is what you need to do, uh, is huge difference. And so when I saw that, I went, oh, wow, you know, uh, it's kind of interesting. And then I started to notice that people were talking about like that they didn't have free will. like, And that was something I did not... I mean, yeah, I heard that from people like Tom Catton, people who was like, oh, you have to turn your willing life over the care of God. The people that were, you know, back in the 70s. But there was a whole group of people back then who were like, no, 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 you have free will. And you get to make choices in life, uh, you know, that... When you're in AA, it didn't mean that you were sentenced to, like, you know, you don't ever have a choice of what you do in the rest of your life. But it seems that because of the way that AA has kind of morphed, that people um, really feel like, you know, there was more of this, like, what does your sponsor think? And go talk to your sponsor. And, you know, I don't know what to do. What's God's will? Go ask what's God's will. Well, what what is that? I mean, that's very cultish that you can't decide what you want to do. That is, what, well, what do you want to do? That's what I say. What do you want to do? You should do what you want to do. Oh, you can't do that. You're being selfish. So there's a lot of weird morphing that I would say over the last 30 years, self-help and you know, people writing these other books that it turns out they were in or in AA and that this whole sort of pop psychology belief began to come around and such bullshit. So the feng shui got me also deprogramming because you, because it's almost like a science where if you do something and then you, you can, first of all, you're changing the energy in the room when you, if you have a cluttered space. And, and the other thing is that there's a website called Fly Lady. And Fly Lady uh, was something that I probably logged on to. And, um, you know, if, if you subscribe, forget it. You can't handle the amount of emails you'll get. But I did learn how to uh, clean like a room at a time, and you, you do you do it in different piecemeal so that if you're working full-time and you don't have a maid, which I didn't at the time, and I had to clean it myself, that you're able to handle it and you just begin to unclutter 15 minutes at a time and that you do it in a nice way. I put on nice music and light a candle, and then that's all you do, and then you walk away. So you learn how to do things like small little steps, and then but you see the energy changing. And then once it's clean, then you put something in there that's a cure, for whatever area that is. And then here's another tip, and this is a tip for people that are married, that there shouldn't be pictures of your children and your and pictures that your children draw in your bedroom. And there shouldn't be pictures of your mother or your father either. So in the bedroom should be only pictures of you and your husband and that which is represents the love marriage relationship. So when I did meet, you know, my husband now, there were lots of, you know, drawings from my kids and colored drawings and there were, pro- there were probably pictures of them too that, uh, you know, I just changed it. I took it out and there's a place to put that. But And I, it's so funny because I remember my father fighting with my mother about this picture of her mother that sat on her dresser. And, you know... And once I learned about this in feng shui, I thought, God, you know, that makes total sense. Like, why would your husband want to be looking at your mother's mother's, like, picture? 
and it was a really, a really pretty picture of her. She was like in her 20s <laughs> from the from the 1930s, I guess, because she was born in 1910. But it would make total sense. And also pictures of your children. So that that is a tip that I just, you know, who's ever listening, that if you're married, that that is one thing that was I just changed right away. So I kept the toilet seats down. Um, I, I moved all those pictures. I got them like a special box to put like memory stuff in, and they're, we called it a treasure box. And you keep all that cool stuff. You put stuff up in the kitchen and on the walls, all those cool little drawings that your my kids were doing when they were six and seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, whenever they, you know, till when they stopped doing those kind of drawings. And um, and it changed the energy of my bedroom. And uh, you know, you try to take the work out of there, um, get the video game out of there. Um, you know, there's a place for it, but the bedroom's not a good place for it. And, yeah, I don't know, things really begin to change. And uh, I don't. The, the other thing would be, um, you know, there, yeah, there's just some really, really interesting things. If Oh, oh I know what else. Uh, if, anyway, if you're, anyone's just kind of logged in, today it's Monica Richardson, and uh, I am, call it birth control. Oh, wait, it was a joke in my house when I was married to put my mom's pick over my bed when she came to visit. <laughs> oh, my God. That is funny. That is so funny. Um, thank you for sharing that. <laughs> Yeah, that would, like, stop anybody from doing anything. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. So here we go. The Bagua, okay? Uh, The Bagua, the bottom of the stop sign is your career and your life path. And then to the right of that is either helpful people or travel and angels, for those of us who believe in angels. And then as you go forward to the right is creativity, children and projects. And then... In that right upper-hand corner is your marriage and relationships. And the far top part of the stop sign is fame and reputation. The color there is red. Uh, wealth and abundance, like I said, is on the left top of the um, the northwest corner, we could say. And then completely to the west is ancestors and family. And then the uh, left lower one is self-knowledge and wisdom. So uh, that's the Bagua. Now, here's another thing that I thought was really cool. Yeah, that was funny, powerful. I mean, that's really funny. <laughs> that's kind of scary. Uh, here's one word that she has wording. i got to tell you something. Um, wording that I have never heard before in the use of – oh, the idea that I had, too, about the money – once I cleared out my money space, it was called the pity dance. And she just gave you uh, ideas of dropping, you know, the pennies in day by day. Where is that? Again, it was really Daily Practices. Such a great book. I mean, I should read it again. Uh, but it was about personality types. Let me see. Um, she talks about breathing, about moving around your house and how you feel in different places. And also, there's places in the house that usually attract and they're stuck energy. And they're places that constantly attract clutter. And those are what they call hot spots. And you can just, you just notice them. You know that, wow, like this stuff would just always pile in this one place on the other house. 
And it was really hard. I mean, that the other house that I lived in had so much work energy in the center. It was really hard to relax there because it was tiny and there wasn't a dining room. So I had to, although I worked out of the house too, and all my music was in the bedroom at the time when I was single, which I'm glad now in a way. I mean, I played a lot of music then, which I hardly do at all now. And so my kids, when they were growing up, they heard me singing all the time. There's a lot of live music being played, which I think is great for anybody. You know, I think it, live music is great for any life, never mind just, you know, for small children. And I wrote songs for my kids, um, dinosaur songs and lullaby songs, And um, which, by the way, my goal is this year, this spring, that I'm going to get my new CD out that I was giving away, and I will give it away to anybody who donates to the campaign again. Uh, you want that my new record store CD. And on that is Sleep, Sleep, My Baby, which I wrote, too, for my son's when they were um, like five years old. Anyway, that finally got on a record, and I'm going to get, it's in physical form, but I want to get that out on iTunes and out in the digital world and hope and get get it on Pandora as well. Uh, I think it's one of my best albums. But um, some of this stuff happened because of this, within my music, with the feng shui stuff and the clearing out and just intention and all that good stuff. But here, this is, I thought this stuff is really funny because this is about person out personas that we take on about money. So um, let's see, classic personas. Uh, each of these personas shows up in an, identify, in an unidentifiable costume and moves into the body in recognizable patterns. Um, they also engage with other people and their personas in classic ways. And she says here, why am I bringing all this up? Each persona interacts with money making attracting wealth and abundance much more challenging than it needs to be. With your persona engaged, you'll find yourself lost floating in the midst of the sea of salt rather than off enjoying the flow of the river of gold and creating abundance. I loved her language. So, you know, it it made me realize when I was reading this how I was stuck in AA language long before I knew I was going to leave AA, but it was so refreshing to find different words, different wording. And um, so here are the classic personas that people have when when dealing with um, money and um, abundance. So there's the space case cadet, the sickly child adult, the superman woman, the helper, the hypochondriac, the rebel, the cop, the robber, the wishy-washy, the sex kitten, the hussy, the con man or con woman, the stud, the mighty mouse, the host or the hostess, the geek, the tough guy, the jock, the big man on campus, the underdog, the good girl, Miss Perfect, bumbling fool, the flirt, the martyr, the caregiver, Mr. Ms. and Mrs. Fixit, the misunderstood genius, the know-it-all, the beauty queen, the class clown, the Inquisitor, the Loner, the Class Idiot, the Crusader, the Saint, the Warrior, the Warrior, the Suffering Artist, the Rogue, the Dreamer, the Warrior, the Doormat, the Spoiler, the Clumsy, the Harried Business Person, the True Believer, and the Show-Off. Yes, there are more, she says. In fact, your favorites may not be listed, or you may even have some more interesting names for them. Okay? Now, um, here is another list, and I thought that this, this is attitudes. Okay? Each of us has at least one financial persona, and most of us have two or more. 
And uh, here is this other list. So this is more of um, this is more attitudes about uh, creating abundance. Um, this is about let me see here. I'm just going to read the list, and you're going to you're going to totally see. So this is attitudes about money. This is a big deal. Stake gambler. It ain't no use. Poor me. Let um, let's see. Let me help you. Um, penny wise, pound foolish. The bargain shopper. Money is evil. Tightwad. Nothing works. I can't afford it. It's only money. Clueless. Want to be rich. Happy idiot. Easy come, easy go. Spend, spend, spend. Oh, I can't understand money. The rules don't apply. There will always be enough. And the sharp pencil. Which one calls out to you? Which one seems most distasteful? What other phrases and names would you use? And, I mean, she actually gives you, it's like a crap load of work in this thing. And, in fact, when I got the book the first time and, and she asked me to, like, do something and to write, I'm like, are you kidding? Are you kidding? Like, and now I have to do more writing? Like, I have done so many other things before Fourth and Fifth Steps that, you know, I did the um, the Artist Way book and uh, just a lot of different books over the years um, that... I'm just looking at this other page here about mirrors, wind chimes, plants and flowers. Um, Plants and flowers are symbolic of growth and bring nourishing chi into a space. Um, You can place plants in front of harsh corners and they can soften them and resolve the challenging energy there. Um, Wind chimes and bells hung on the entrance door announce someone's arrival. Um, (laughs) Mirrors. Uh, they bring in good chi, light, and good views as they repattern the flow of energy. They can also fill in and correct the energy of missing areas and create depth when a space is confined. Um, outdoors, they can reflect back the often negative energy of other buildings, especially the corners or traffic flow that points directly at a home. Mm, I didn't know that. Thereby protecting the home and its occupants from outside influence. Well, that's cool. Um, let's see, lights can be used to encourage chi circulation inside a building. Uh, let me see. Um, it's really a great book. Again, the name of the book is The Feng Shui of Abundance by Susan Hilton, S-U-Z-A-N. I picked it up for, I don't know, eleven ninety-five at the uh, Barnes & Noble that was near me at the time. And, uh, you know... I think that I want to talk about the progress. We can finish up the show. We have about 10 minutes. Amy Lee Coy has launched uh, Getting Over the Hump. She wrote, From Death Do I Part. I'm going to have her on sometime this month. Uh, I'm going to be traveling a lot. Uh, We're going to be finishing up the film. And I want to talk about a couple of things. So I have a new trailer. The 13stepthefilm.com is the new official website where which we just have the trailer that was just done. And uh, we have a new poster that I am so excited. Uh, Val, my new production assistant, she's a film student graduate, and she's been working with me for about a month. 
And she designed this beautiful new poster uh, that says You Are Not Powerless at the top. And uh, I'm just loving it right now. We may change the background, but anyway, it looks really cool. Uh, Diane Cano has been helping me all day. And so we have gone on to take a look at the new site, take a look at the trailer. We put some uh, warnings about AA, about what AA is, what it isn't. Um, What are the other things? Uh, Let me see. We have a little spot here about the filmmakers and about myself and my team, uh, my producer, and everybody that is with us. Uh, We have it all down here. Um, It's kind of cool. And what's going on? Um, The news, we have uh, Her Best Kept Secret was reviewed in the New York Times. She had an op-ed piece. Um, Gabrielle and I were on Katie Couric. Uh, Let's see what else. And Orange Papers is up. There's a forum. Uh, Expose AA is up. Uh, Recovering from Recovery is another blog that's up. Uh, NADaytona.org has been up for a number of years. Thinking, thinking is supposed to come back any day now. Uh, my blog talk radio show, I look forward to having a bunch of new people on this year and continuing. Uh, it will be, I can't believe it, three years. It's over like 125,000 downloads and listens. Remember, you can always listen free on iTunes. Please go to iTunes and review the radio show for me. Please, please go there and review it. There's a couple people that really pounded me. And a few people that give me a thumbs up, but just go there, talk about it, and say what you like about it, um, who you'd like to hear, or maybe you want to suggest somebody, you know, drop me a line through the Blog Talk Radio website. It will be three years in March. I just can't believe it. Now, the goal here with the film is we're finishing up. Like I said, I'm traveling to the Midwest. We'll be interviewing more people. And uh, then from there, uh, I'll come back and I will go to Sundance, uh, the Sundance Film Festival. And uh, we'll go to the Toronto Film Festival. But the goal is to finish all the principal pho- photography in six weeks and have a rough cut, uh, at least a string out rough cut, for some uh, people who are very interested in the film, who want to see it. And I'm looking for any equity partners if people want to partner with me, equity sharing um, the producing with me. If somebody wants to do that, I'll be free. I posted I'll be free's thing here on um, my stuff, 13 Step in AA. Go there. Support I'll be free. She's trying to do a Wednesday night conference call for people who've left AA. And these are really serious. If you've left you know, and you, or you want help leaving, uh, she wrote a really good piece on um, is your New Year's resolution to leave AA. She's a fabulous writer. I can't wait until she writes her book. She's got a lot to say, and uh, I'll be free or die is her website. And I'm going to post this onto um, Leaving AA Front Page. I just couldn't do it because I was not home. So again, I am Monica Richardson, and uh, this is Blog Talk Radio Safe Recovery. There's a bunch of things that we updated. Oh, I know what else we updated. We updated the uh, Indiegogo site, and there... Um, oh, so we got accepted by the IDA. I think I talked about that last time. So where you can go give support, you can either, if you want a tax deduction, then you go on the IDA link and you can give through PayPal or you can even write them a check. Or you can mail us a check at Inwood Girl Productions and 
If you want to just give, then write the check to Inward Girl Productions. If you want to give and get a write-off, then you must write it to the IDA. Just put IDA on it, and then in the memo you put the 13 step. You can still mail it to Inward Girl Productions, and then we have to we turn that money into the IDA, and then the IDA writes us a check. But they act as a nonprofit arm so that we can receive that, and you can get. But it's a big deal. You can get a tax you know write-off, but it, it's a big deal to get endorsed by the IDA. When the film is finished, their their name will be on it. They you know really back things that they only feel have really a social a social cause that's important. And so that's really been uh, really exciting to get that. I just love this new this new poster that uh, Natasha Valerie made. All right, so we are coming to the end of our one hour show. For today, it has been quite a pleasure. We have three minutes left to the show. Um, again, the Feng Shui of Abundance, a practical and spiritual guide to attracting wealth into your life. It does way more than that. You know, it really deals with um, your energy and dealing with um, what's the other? There was another part about the sticky. Talked about just energy when you're stuck and. Um, uh, it's a really, really good book. Maybe I'm going to reread it again. Oh, the Penny Dance. There's the Penny Dance. That was such a beautiful little thing I did. Uh, let me see. Uh, I just had it and then I I missed it. But um, <laughs> what's called Dancing Pennies? That's the one. Um, yeah. So uh, Creating Money was another book. That's a whole other subject. I can't. I don't think I can start that. Um, but that one is pretty interesting. Uh, and I guess we'll just end the last couple of minutes with about taking care of yourself, self-care, whether it's um, getting a good haircut and a shave for the guys, going and getting it done professionally, getting massages for women, getting your nails done, getting facials, taking that time to decompress and relax. We all have really busy lives. That, you know, there's, there's no, it's like I call it watering the plant. Like in marriage counseling, I learned that dating and, and being romantic and doing romantic things is watering the relationship plant and doing stuff that giving back to yourself is watering your plant and rejuvenating yourself. And whether that's eating, you know, a lovely healthy meal with another friend. and But for me, it's like getting facials or getting your nails or feet done and getting massage, getting my hair done. Um, you know, getting my eyebrows done, uh, <laughs> whenever you, you know, um, exercising, taking a dance class, uh, riding a bike uh, along the beach or in somewhere along the park area, any kind of lovely thing that, you know, meditation is definitely giving oneself. It helps keep that frontal lobe alive, and they, they have totally proven frontal lobe uh, just keeps more pliable if you meditate even one to two minutes a day. Uh, And it just makes you feel better. And it doesn't have to be religious. So I'm going to just wrap up the show. Powerful 68, thank you so much, Hun. I'm so glad that you've left and you get to spend all that time with your kids now. And uh, thank you so much and have a great night. And thank you to everybody. Again, Richardson for Blog Talk Radio Safe Recovery. Listen free on and download on iTunes 
or right here on your computer. Uh, you can listen live and share with Facebook or Twitter that you listened and liked the show. And please go to iTunes if you like the show and write me a review. I haven't even, I've never, I realize I've never asked anyone to do that. So I'm glad you all are enjoying the shows. I enjoy doing them. And I will be doing a show probably from Ohio next week. And uh, it'll be fun. Love you guys. And see you next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.